This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host, and we are here to help take your leadership to the next level and helping us do that. The one and only Dr. Richard Blackaby. <laughs> the indubitable. The ind- yeah, that was the word. I was, I was, I was on the tip of my tongue there. I couldn't, couldn't quite catch it in time. Uh, well, Richard, it's good to see you, and, yeah. and we're uh, back again doing another episode. And um, this this episode is is unlike others in yes. that uh, it, more it, unlike others, more unlike others. Yeah. It's even less like others. <laughs> uh, we will say that it's maybe perhaps for the the ADD listeners um, who who perhaps prefer to follow various trains of thoughts rather than just all at the one. same time. Yes. Yeah, all at the same time. So. Uh, well, these are just some some thoughts on leadership that you've had. Yeah. Uh, n- in no particular order. That's right. On no particular topic. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, I'm calling it leadership potpourri. Just a uh, not you normally would take 27, 30 minutes and just sort of chew on a particular topic, but yeah. uh, this is just a a bunch of. This is a tasting. A tasting. Yes. Yeah. It's just some appetizers. Yeah. Uh, some th- random thoughts. I haven't had time to develop more deeply. <laughs> so in that in that spirit, uh, if any of these random <laughs> thoughts strike your fancy as you listen, uh, let us know. And if, if we need to dig a little deeper on some, uh, send us a line. Uh, Richard is at Richard Blackaby on Twitter. You can reach him there. You can email us, podcast at blackaby.com dot org and uh, let us know your thoughts yeah so and i'm sure some of these we will uh flesh out more but uh i thought it'd be kind of interesting just now and then uh just randomly coming up with some thoughts that are out there at the moment that i've encountered in my travels and talking with people so here's just a couple of thoughts i'll throw out there one is uh periodically go thirty thousand feet uh, if you're the leader you yeah. need to get up thirty thousand feet and look down and take a look at your organization. Uh, Ron Heifetz, a great uh, leadership uh, uh, thinker, he I think he's the one who co- says talks about get out on the balcony. Uh, mm, I love a, a good balcony. A good balcony. I know, you know, anytime you're in a hotel and it's got a balcony, if you're especially if you're in a hotel, it's by a beach or something, first thing you do is you open up the curtains and you step out and say, what can I see from this mm-hmm. balcony? What's the view like? And you look down on people and you just have a, a bird's eye view uh, and leaders have to do that. Uh, I, one of the big dangers of leaders is that they get too enmeshed on the ground level. And so all they're seeing is all the the details and uh, the, the machinery. And uh, you, But you don't see how the different personnel are fitting together. You don't see the big picture. You don't see the direction. Are we making any progress? Yeah. I, when I'm down in, on the ground level, I'm seeing all the buzz of activity, but I don't know that it's actually getting us anywhere. Are or we getting any- us in the right direction. Yeah, we may be going the wrong direction for all we know. Someone has got to, at some point, pull away from all the busyness and, and take a, a bird's eye view. And yeah. so... Uh, and, and that's up to the leader. That's the leader's job. Right. Uh, the, the, the people on the shop floor, that's not really their assignment. Their assignment is just keep on working here and, and doing this uh, role that I have. But, uh, but they're counting on the leader seeing, and, and it's amazing sometimes uh, how you put people together as part of leadership. Uh, 
and putting the right people together, the right combinations of people together. So, yeah. uh, so just now and then, and you, by the way, you just have to build in time to do that. You, it, yeah. It's not something that just is natural. We all tend to sort of gravitate down to the shop floor too, but, um, but well, some, if, if that's where the action is, that's where yeah. the, where the rubber meets the road yeah. and it's, it's fun and it's engaging and, and, and you need to walk the shop floor at times, but, uh, but there's other times you need to get away from that floor and yeah. you need to go up uh, to the balcony and look down and say, let me get the big picture here. And uh, then when I go back down, I know how to work with people. So, so go up 30,000 feet. Uh, a second thing is that people need lanes, uh, and by that, what I mean is that everybody needs uh, some specific assignments. Uh, some people are better at certain things than others. Uh, they, so, for instance, uh, you may have a guy in your business who's a great engineer, knows how to put things together. But, but, but when he gets involved in sales, uh, th- that's, he's a disaster. <laughs> Customer <laughs> service, he's a disaster. Uh, I kind of had this when I was running a seminary. I had people that were great in the classroom when they were teaching uh, Old or New Testament or theology or something. They could be great. But uh, in administering staff, working with other people, they could be a disaster. Uh, And so just because you're good at one thing does not mean you're good at everything. Uh, And and so for a leader, one of the things you need to do, and now, now some people can have a pretty broad lane. I mean, there's some yeah. people like yourself, Sam, you, you've got a wide range of uh, skill sets. And so some people can have a pretty wide lane that they, they're involved in. Uh, but if your lane gets too wide, it, it's hard to get stuff done. You're yeah. weaving too much. You're, yeah. you're running here, you're running there, and you need to be making progress. Uh, there's a story of uh, Albert Einstein. Of course, as a Jewish person, he was one of the most famous Jews of his day. And when the nation of Israel was being formed in 1948, uh, there were those who actually talked about Einstein being the first president of Israel. They thought with his international status, uh, that would really be good for the country and give them some respect. But everyone kind of thought, this guy is a crazy smart genius but you know he can't find his way home uh when he lives a block from the university that where he's teaching so we probably need to just realize you can be brilliant at physics or whatever it is you do that doesn't mean that you can just run a country or you can administer staff uh so i you know this makes me think too of, of this sort of i guess trend or fad of of uh kind of doing away with offices and and this sort of everybody's on you know in a big room and you just have desks and it's kind of nobody has like a set office yeah how this can be very good for team building and 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 uh you know building a culture but but not everyone works well when it's a noisy environment right and and so you know it, yes, it's good in some ways, and you know, in other ways, people actually need to have that cubicle or, or, or a room with a door so they can close out the noise and actually do the work. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. I've got. A, I'm actually reading a book right now that is suggesting that it's uh, not good. That's been a trend to, yeah. to take away offices, but they're. No, act- I mean, everybody. You know, that they're, that's, this- they're going away from that now. Yeah. They're, uh, well, they're finding that it's not as productive. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's great for collaboration for for morale perhaps but for actually getting the work done 
it it can be counterproductive. Yeah, and so there's a point where let's get let's give people their lanes, let's give them their quiet place where they can think and and make progress. Uh, and so as a leader, you 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 want to kind of watch and see when people are like. There's some people that love to get into other people's lanes, and they love to give advice and their feedback on stuff they don't even necessarily know very well themselves, yeah. and that becomes annoying, and it's and it's <laughs> wasting everybody's time, and so. I find uh, one of the things leaders have to do is figure out what lane does this staff person need to stay in. And uh, when they get outside that lane, they're not nearly as effective. They may like it. They may enjoy kind of meddling, but they're not good at that. And so if I want an organization that's working well, let me figure out what lanes people need to be in. And and then we're going to get the most out of them. A third thing, we talked a little bit uh, before about just warning signs, but uh, also just uh, see the red lights with your staff people. And there's lots of stuff where, to me, it's a red light to say, hey, pay a little more attention to this person. Uh, and so when you're working with people, some of them maybe they, they talk too much. They just dominate. Yeah, Every time you start to ask questions or you're born a brainstorm with your team this this person just talks too much and they're, and what they're saying is not necessarily all that helpful they just are talking and you can and sometimes they just like to fill the air and i you know there are people who are kind of wired that way but uh i uh, but but that that can become a a warning a, a sign a red light to me here's a guy who's not thinking enough he's talking more than he's thinking yeah. or he's not respecting his other team members enough to let them contribute uh there seems to be an insecurity there this person is uh he just needs to keep talking is he what's he trying to prove uh because yeah. he doesn't really have much to to say uh it could be temper when someone's got a temper issue that concerns me because it's a self-control issue. It's uh, there, there's in some internal things going on that they haven't worked out. There's a lot of unresolved issues in them, and I want someone that's um, internally got it together, where I can just trust that this person can. If if, if I've got someone who's got a boiling volcano <laughs> within them. I don't know that I want to be brainstorming with them or giving feedback or an annual re- review to someone yeah. like that. Uh, uh, there's passive aggressive things. Uh, I, I tell you what, that could just drive a leader crazy uh, where pe- I, I'm just not a game player. You know, if, <laughs> I've never been patient with that. If you're if you've got a, a, a concern, a problem then you need to come tell me. If you don't come and tell me, I'm not going to play, you know, 30 guesses here <laughs> yeah. about what you're upset about. Uh, but there are people that do that. They won't t- tell you to your face. Um, so but, yeah, you're going to have to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, you're going to figure it out. It should be obvious. If I have to tell you, then, you know, it's not worth it. And, uh, uh, and also just people that miss deadlines, uh, that just consistently... Uh, underperform. And I, I, I tell you what, as a leader, I have real trouble with people who always have an excuse. Uh, and some people, they put more creativity into their excuses than into their performance. And uh, so uh, that, that's yeah. just a couple of things to say. There, and there, I could have a long list of things like that. But uh, I've just, I've worked with people long enough that they're, they're I would just say observe the red the the red lights when the yeah. red lights start going off um and you just you see stuff that's not healthy in people uh you're if you're a leader you're in in the people business and so uh just get on it and realize I mean I've got a problem here uh if per, if people are acting that way that's just not 
uh, I'm not, I can't allow that. I need to confront that. And, uh, and I've been around some people. I, I don't know what it is necessarily that drives them internally, but they just have to be at the center of attention mm-hmm. and, uh, and the spotlight needs, just needs to be on them. And it's just really hard to build a team when you've got people like that, that, uh, that have to be in the limelight all the time. So, uh, if you've got those kind of situations, maybe you're a pastor and you've got someone in your church that just has to always be the one talking, um, you really need to pull them aside and just, and just point out to them, Hey, this, why, why do you have this need? Uh, and, uh, won't, won't be pleasant, but it's better than letting it go on. And well, and, and something that I've learned working with you too, is, is when you have those conversations with people, it's, uh, you know, you think, oh, well, that's so awkward and, you know, it's rude to that person. But but really, it's rude to everyone else in the room yeah. to allow that yeah. to continue. Yeah, exactly right. It's like because I don't want to make it awkward for this individual who has issues. I'm going to make it awkward for everybody else who yeah. doesn't have this issue. Right. <laughs> um, right. Another another one is just the power of pleasantness. <laughs> pleasantness power. Have you ever just known the difference <laughs> With people that were pleasant, that yeah. uh, and it's something, it might be as simple as just having a smile on your face. Uh, there is such a thing as what they call a resting face, where you may not necessarily be miserable, but you you look miserable. You know, and I've had people like that. It's just <laughs> when their face is resting, it just they, it just rests in sort of a frown and scowl, and that's like, are you okay? Are you upset? Oh yeah, I'm fine. Well, uh, okay. Well, you, <laughs> the look on your face really was telling I, a different I thought story. You, someone just died. And you're you're trying to fight back tears. Uh, no, that's just the way I look when I'm. Uh, and you know that I mean that is the way some people are. But uh, I tell you what, the, there is an enormous power when someone walks in the room with a smile on their face, uh, or is ch- or just kind, or just thoughtful, or takes a moment just to say something nice, uh, or is just upbeat. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I'll just tell you, if you're starting out in your leadership career and you can just cultivate a pleasant demeanor a smile on your face, uh, that is worth, I think, a whole nother degree uh, in your arsenal, of, in your resume. Just uh, people want pleasant people around them. And uh, and that's a choice you make. There yeah. are people who think, well, I just don't feel like that way today. Well, part of leadership is learning how to overcome how you feel and acting how you should be. And if you start acting pleasant, it's amazing how you start to feel more. Because, of course, yeah. you start bringing pleasant responses from people and yeah and it's that you know and there's more than one way to be positive and pleasant it doesn't mean you're yeah you know shallow necessarily or to or you have to be peppy or whatever yeah but but there's ways to exude pleasantness and positivity that uh, that fits your personality yeah um but it's you know you don't have to be somebody else but you can be a happier, yeah. more and cheerful I, I, version I know, of yourself. And I know people that just, I just know, I, I just know full well that if they would just learn to smile more and be a little more upbeat and not negative, uh, that their whole career uh, could could dramatically change. Opportunities would come their way for no other reason than they just smiled more. They were just more pleasant. It's just, uh, if you just want to f- figure out a way in, in this new year of being more effective in your role, uh, just learn to be more pleasant. Of course, now you don't have to smile because you're wearing a mask. Yeah, no one so, will know. Now yeah. you can frown. And so <laughs> you can frown with your yeah. <laughs> with your mouth and smile with your eyes. <laughs> uh, a, a fifth thing is just I I just throw this out here as a freebie. Just pray more oh, wow. in down times and read read more. Uh, we all have down times, and I tell you what, especially in just in light of stuff going on uh, in America today. 
um, I just realized I need to be praying more and not just, I'm not just talking about your morning quiet times. I'm talking about, uh, in through the course of your day, just the, those throw up prayers where you're, you know, it's, if you ever read the book of Nehemiah, it's interesting how he'll, uh, all through the book of Nehemiah, he'll just have these little prayers. It might just be a sentence, but it's just, you know, God help me as I do this or whatever. And, yeah. and God honor this. And, uh, and uh, just almost under his breath, but he's just c- kind of communing uh, with God along the day. Yeah. And again, I think when you do that, when you consciously, whether you pray out loud or not, or just in your own mind, but as you sort of converse with God through the day, it's amazing if you just keep bringing God into the, into the mix, uh, how different it feels. It, it, I, there's a lot of times where I just don't feel as alone because mm-hmm. I, I, as I'm talking with God about this, uh, maybe I'm on my way to a, a tense meeting and all, as I'm walking down the hallway and Lord, I really need you to help me with this one. You know that I struggle to know how to relate to this kind of personality, but, uh, help me just to not uh, lose my temper. Help me to just stay positive. Help me to smile. Um, and, uh, so try to, fill some of those gap spaces throughout your day with prayer. And, um, you, you might be surprised at the, the, at some of the things that come out of your mouth and the way you respond and the patience that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just one last thing. We'll take a break is just stretch your thinking. Um, always be doing something that is pushing on the edge of your thinking. I know you do this a lot, Sam. You're always, you're pushing all over the place. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just looking, I, 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 and this is probably more of an issue than uh, a strength, but right lately I've just had, I get a lot of people that have written books and they'll send me a copy. And they're, they're really interesting books and there's books I really want to read. But So I'll start reading in, oh, I really want to read this. This is, I need to, I need to study this. And you kind of read into it a bit and then, but then you've got, three other books you're trying to finish off and write a book review on. And so, you know, I've got this two stacks of books right now on my desk I'm working through. <laughs> but but I was looking at the other day, and uh, I've got a book, for instance, I'm reading right now, which I want to talk about on a podcast coming up on introverts and uh, yeah. uh, and how they work. And I really want to understand introverts better to know how to get the most out of them. Uh, there's a biography on Martin Luther. Uh, there's I've got two books right now on spiritual warfare. I just realized I hadn't read a lot on that. I've got a couple of classics, uh, like one by Seneca, one by Virgil, some some classics from back in the Roman days uh, that I that I've always wanted to read. Uh, there, I was reading a history of the rise of Christianity. Just about finished that. Someone wrote a good book on the church um, in, in these times. Uh, but there's a book on morality. Uh, by a Jewish scholar that I uh, also want to probably discuss at some point on a podcast. But uh, I was kind of looking at the diversity and just, and it, partly I guess that's why I read a lot of different kinds of books now, and, uh, just depending on my mood and uh, what I want to take with me on the airplane. Uh, w- w- I, 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 I want to, I don't want to just be reading all the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to read someone that uses terminology and maybe refers to things in science or history that I'm not familiar with. Uh, just, I, I may need to have a dictionary on my desk. I'm looking up some words, but I'm, I'm, I'm being stretched. And so don't just read stuff you always agree with and you like, um, read stuff that, uh, you know, our book club that we do, uh, yeah. with you and my kids, uh, I, we've read books by devout atheists. And of course I disagreed with lots of what they were saying, but it was interesting to 
sort of get a sense of an atheist take on some things. And so I, I would just, I, I would want to ask our listeners, what is one thing that you're reading or studying or a podcast you're listening to right now that uh, maybe even makes you angry, but it makes you think too, and it stretches you, and maybe it's going to add some new insights uh, and nuances into your thinking because you kind of read outside your lane a little bit and stretched yourself. Well, that's that's good, and I'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> well, let's take a we'll take a break here, and then we'll wrap up. Richard and Daniel Blackaby will be at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove on May 17th through 19th, 2021. The title of this event is On the Move, How God Increases Your Spiritual Influence. It was originally scheduled to be held this year, but due to COVID-19, has been rescheduled. You can find out more and register at thecove.org. Links will also be in the show notes. Well, Richard, as we continue down this... uh Pulpery, pulpery, strewn path. <laughs> uh, what are some other random thoughts from random Richard Blackaby? Random thoughts from Richard Blackaby. Uh, another random thought is take a moment. Just take a moment. Uh, not take a knee, take a moment. Uh, and what I mean by that is, especially take a moment before entering. Uh, and so, for instance, maybe you're at the end of the day and you're, you're coming home. And you've uh, you've had a stressful day at work. You've you've driven through traffic. You're kind of stressed, and uh, or you've been working from home, and your kids have been there. Yeah, already. yeah, and you're you're even more stressed. Uh, <laughs> but you're about to enter your home again. You're about to enter into the fray. Maybe you're about to leave your home office and go out into the thoroughfare of the rest of your house, where all the kids are. Um, come out of the basement office up mm-hmm. into the main floor, uh, and but. Here's an idea. Before you open that door and enter into interaction with your family, stand outside that door for 30 seconds and just ask yourself, what kind of person do I want to be when I walk in that door? What, mm-hmm. If I'm a dad, what kind of dad do I want to be when I start seeing those kids? When I see my wife, what kind of husband do I want to be? Uh, or maybe you're about to enter into a boardroom and you've got your staff, your your leadership team all sitting there waiting for you to come in and guide them. Take just 30 seconds and say, what kind of boss do I want to be today? What kind of leader do I want to be? Yeah. I know I'm kind of stressed. I know I'm distracted. I know I just got off a kind of a stressful phone call. But before I walk in this room, sometimes what happens is we're already entering the room before we've really composed ourselves. Yeah. And we're off balance. And we're uh, reacting. We're reacting. We're still upset about the last encounter we had. <laughs> and we're not ready uh, to, to be at our best, to, to lead with our best foot forward. And I'll just tell you, sometimes don't be, uh, if you're like me and you're kind of type A, it's like you just charge from meeting to meeting. You haven't even yeah. recovered. You're not, you haven't gained your balance from the last meeting. And you're, now you're coming in off balance into the next meeting. Uh, and sometimes you stop. And I've literally done that where I've stood outside my house door and said, I'm grumpy right now. And I don't want to be a grumpy dad. I don't want my kids to see dad coming home grumpy. I got to get it together. I got to just sort of purge my thoughts. I've got to just breathe in a prayer, take yeah. a deep breath and say, let me leave that at work. Now I'm dad. Uh, let me put my dad hat on and my put my stressed out uh, boss at work hat off. And uh, and now let me walk in the door and um, or let me walk into I, I'm a little upset. Uh, I'm a little uh, concerned. But I, I've got to compose myself here because my leadership team needs to know that I'm, 
I, I'm confident. I know we're going to get through this. We're going to solve this problem. So deep breath. Lord, help me. Give me strength. Put a smile on my face. Give me confidence. Now I'm going to walk in the room. Um, if, you, if you're a pastor and you're about to get in the pulpit and preach, sometimes you need to breathe a prayer to say, God, I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night. I, my mind's racing. Um, These so, church members are really bugging me. So, yeah, so, <laughs> someone made a rude comment to me just as I was about to go, uh, you know, as I entered the auditorium, but now I've got to be this man of God. God, I don't think I'm ready yet. Uh, help me. Yeah. Uh, so take a moment before you enter and uh, just let the Spirit of God help get you ready uh, for that that entrance so that you mm-hmm. come in, the, you enter the room, the man or the woman that your people need you to be and that God designed you to be. Uh, another thing is, uh, here's, here's just another random one. Uh, take the stairs. Okay, and I, th- take the stairs. Uh, I, it's funny to me, uh, I'll, I, I mean, I travel a lot. I, I, I get to airports and uh, there's... Uh, I, I'm going to go up into the Sky Club for Delta, and uh, it's on the second floor. Uh, there's an elevator that, uh, and right now, you're only supposed to have about two people in elevators, so uh, you, you may have to wait for a while. Uh, and there's a staircase right there. And I've always been inspired by watching people that just routinely say, I could climb, I could wait here and take an elevator up one floor, or I could just walk up the stairs and get a little exercise, just stretch my legs. I'm, I'm going to be sitting on an airplane for the next hour and a half. Why not take the stairs? Yeah. Or, uh, and you know, anyone who has, if you've got, most of us have apps like that uh, on our phones that keep track of, uh, how many steps we climbed and, and how many yeah. steps we took, um, I'll tell you what, in these days, especially if you have a kind of a sedentary kind of office job, uh, any opportunity to take a few extra steps is just get in the mindset of that. It's like when I'm in an airport and I there's a moving sidewalk, most of the time uh, I'll just walk beside the moving sidewalk. I'll just take the extra steps. Yeah. Uh, they're just little things add up. And so uh, as a rule, unless it's, you know, you're going up to the 10th floor or something, uh just as a rule, say, if I can, I'm just going to take the steps. Uh, why avoid steps? Why avoid exercise? Why avoid burning off a few more calories uh, when I could just, I could do, I could try and stay active. So that's just a freebie. Take the stairs <laughs> and avoid the moving sidewalk. How generous. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, there's another one, a question. How much do you change under stress? Uh, I did a, I, I had a, a, a CEO one time, he gave me, uh, uh, kind of a personality test and it, but it was kind of a stress test. And I, I can't remember the name of it now, but basically you went through a series of questions about how you related to people, how you handled yourself. And then it said, okay, now imagine, and it, 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 it how'd you imagine a very stressful situation? Now, the first one was, hey, just a normal day. How, how would you, you know, you walk into work, everything's good. How do you talk to people? Now everything's falling apart and on fire. Uh, and now how do you talk to people? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so when it tabulated those findings from those two different scenarios, Typically, you had two dots, and the one dot is kind of, it, it pegged you where you were just normally, how you handled yourself and how you related to others. And then the second dot was where you, how you behave under stress. And, of course, that typically was in a not as good of a place. Um, yeah. You were ruder, you were less sensitive, and so on. Um, now, I'm not saying this to uh, 
to brag about myself because I'm sure if I took the test now, it'd probably be different. But I, I just remember when this guy had me take the test, he came back and he said, you only had one dot. <laughs> and I was trying to be as honest as I could be, but he said, you only had one dot. I said, what do you mean? Did you lose one of my dots? <laughs> and he said, he said, no, it just means that you behave the same way uh, whether you're under stress or not, at least based on that test. So like I said, I, I'm not sure I'd always rate that way, but, uh, uh, but I thought, but that's really how Christians ought to be. Uh, yeah. As a Christian leader, if you're thoughtful of people, you ought to be thoughtful whether you're under stress or not. Right. Uh, if you're not rude to people when things are going well, you probably should not be rude with people when it's things are not going well. Yeah. And so my question would just be, do you have two dots or one in your leadership? Do you lead one way when it's going well and another when it's not? Or do people can people pretty well take it to the bank when they deal with you? They, they know what they're going to get regardless yeah, no of what's surprises. going on. Um, and, uh, I'll, I, another one, just, uh, go out of your way to say, thank you. Um, again, I travel a lot. I deal with people checking in to front desks of hotels. I, I, I have flight attendants. I have various people I have to deal with, uh, in service industries or in restaurants. And, uh, you know what there's typically, at least for me and the kind of work I do, there's usually opportunities to say thank you. And a lot of times we just kind of presume, like, well, that's their job. That, that's their job. They're paid to care for me. They're, they're paid to take care of me. Um, it is amazing to me, though, when you say thank you, the power that is there. Yeah. And how many people don't do that? How many people just file off the airplane or, uh, or, or get up and leave? And um, watch what happens when you take a moment just to, and not, maybe not just even to say thank you, but especially if you point out something that you noticed. Hey, I really yeah. appreciate that you did that, or that, hey, I really, that really meant a lot. Thanks for doing that. Uh, or I re you, you really did a great job with that. I want you to know that. I really appreciate it. I noticed that. Well, you know, I was at a coffee shop the other day, and the barista handed, you know, the drink to a gentleman, and he said, you know, have a nice day. And the guy just took the drink and, and left. Hmm. And, you know, I was, I was struck by that, like not even a thanks or you too or, you know, and it's it, it doesn't take much to at least be courteous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and because of that, because there's a lot of people acting that way, when you don't act that way, when you actually say thank you, it, it does make a difference. Uh, it yeah. has an impact. Uh, maybe one last thing just to say, and that is accomplish something. Uh, accomplish something. And what I mean by that is there's two kinds of work that most people do. What, one is short-term, the other is long-term. Uh, long-term work can take a while. Uh, it may take weeks to get certain projects finished. Other projects you can get done in an hour. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the tension sometimes is, well, do I focus all long-term or do I focus all short-term and never get any long-term big projects done? And I would say typically you want to balance. Um, yeah. I remember at one point we hired a, a guy uh, at the seminary to be in charge of all the maintenance of the seminary. And this guy had never been in management before. Uh, I, I'm not the one that hired him. I had a VP that hired him, but uh, uh, he showed potential. He's a hard worker, but he just, he didn't know how to be in management. He'd never been, he, he needed to learn some things about that. And so, uh, but when he was hired, uh, we had just been doing some renovations around the, 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 our building 
and uh, we've been doing some painting. So all the baseboards had been pulled off the walls because they were painting, and and all the baseboards had to get nailed back onto the walls. And that was going to be this guy's part of his responsibility to make that get that done. Um, and so when he first gets hired, I'm kind of walking around and I'm noticing all these baseboards, uh, all stacked up and, and you're having to walk around things. And I mean, there's nails and, and, uh, everybody's kind of noticing, okay, this guy's been here for a day or two and, you know, still all we've got a lot of barriers and obstacles and raw wood here that needs to get put back where it goes. And finally, I kind of just stuck my head in his office just to check on him, see how he's doing. And he's in front of his computer and uh, I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, you know, he, he had this vision that he wanted to, to develop an annual maintenance plan so that every year he, everything, filters got changed, light bulbs got changed, everything got changed. And he wanted, he wanted to get organized. He'd never had this much responsibility and he, he wanted to be organized. And, <laughs> and I said, you know what? It's great to be organized. It's great to have an annual plan. But you've got people, I said, tripping over baseboards piled up, lying across the floor that they're having to walk past. I said, you need, everyone's going to be ready to like have you fired the first week if you don't get, there's some immediate things that need to be done. And, uh, and you can, you can sit in front of your computer later in the day, but you know what? It would take you an hour or two. Uh, to get some of this immediate stuff done. And immediately everybody would notice, hey, this guy's only been here, uh, you know, just a day or so. And already look at all this stuff that we can see and notice has been done. He he needed to know there's a, there's a PR issue sometimes when you're yeah. working that there's some quick stuff you can do that everybody notices and they, they get the idea, hey, this guy gets stuff done. But you could be sitting in front of your computer all week developing an extensive annual plan and you may need to get that plan done, but uh, you you need to be aware that there's times where you want to get something done quick, and there's other times to get things worked on long term. Yeah, and it's usually not all one or the other. You need wisdom tells you, hey, I can knock off uh, six things in in the first two hours of my day, and then this afternoon I'm gonna I'll, I'll think more long term, but. Uh, there's both end. Well, and it's not only that you accomplish something and you have something to show for your work, but it's also a, a an encouragement to continue on because there is that sort of, uh, uh, in, you know, dopamine, I guess, if by, you know, checking yeah. things off the list personally yeah. just to say, okay, well, yeah, at least I, you know, I did X, Y, and Z today. Like, we still got some bigger projects that, that are in process, but, but at least I can you know, say I did these things and, and there's that sort of internal intrinsic value in, yeah. in accomplishing things. Cause there's some big projects that like I'm writing, I'm working on a book right now. That's just a massive project. That's uh, a study Bible project. And, uh, I can work all, all weekend and feel like it's just a black hole of my labors, <laughs> but then I can put a, a sermon together or a, a, a blog together and feel like, okay, there's something that's out there now for people to yeah. appreciate and, and receive now. And so I think you need that. I think you're right, Sam. You, uh, for, as a contributor, you need to feel like you're contributing something here and making some progress. But then there's some longer-term things that just takes time. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to be big, and they'll be great when they're done. But in the meantime, you can't have people wait two years for you to yeah. come up with a contribution, <laughs> yeah. uh, no matter how big it might be. Uh, and so ask yourself, do I have the right balance right now? Am I producing some things short-term? And am I investing long-term for some bigger results uh, that, that will have greater impact in the long run as well? Well, Richard, this has been a real delight to just kind of 
bounce around and it's just different popcorn pots pop- <laughs> popcorn with richard and so uh hey if you guys like this let us know um you know again if if there's anything that struck a chord with you uh, send us a send us a note uh, podcast at blackaby.org you can reach out to Richard on Twitter at Richard Blackaby yeah. and, and, and we've had people ask us questions before we're always yeah. glad to dig into some of those just whether it's something we've talked about or just, or, or just made you start thinking uh, be glad to maybe dig into some of those alright until next time thanks for listening to the podcast if this is something you enjoyed it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on apple podcasts or wherever you listen don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends we always love hearing from our listeners so email us at podcast at blackv.org